Welcome to the She Runs It podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole DeBoom. And Sarah Ratzloff. We are two successful female business owners who have found strength, confidence, and community through fitness. And we want to share that gift with you. Join us as we talk about what really matters to active women. We can't wait to hang out with you. Now let's get started. Yeah. Hi. 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 <laughs> totally to start on this episode about not being perfect or what, what, do, what did we decide to call it? Perfect um, is a lie. Perfect is a lie. And did you like how I just went high? That was how we started. Hi. <laughs> I do. I did. <laughs> and so Hi. we did record earlier today and then now I'm wearing something else. And do you want to know why I changed? Why? Well, I didn't actually change. I just took off my overshirt because my pits are sweating like crazy. I have like a oh. time during the month, every month where like my pits sweat like crazy and my crotch is sweating like crazy. <laughs> so you can't tell, but I'm also sitting in my underwear now. I'm having like pit and crotch sweat. I'm and I mean, so glad that this podcast <laughs> is not done in person. I would be, I would be like, offended. I, I don't. I don't understand it, but it's actually very fitting because the shirt that was underneath is a tank we made years ago that says run hard and eat cake. And I think that's the perfect way to talk about perfection. About by eating cake? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were eating cake in this episode. I, I would have prepared are. better. No, we are either. <laughs> My God. Oh, is so, that yeah. not the, that wasn't the point? So like today, I mean, you've come on other times where I'm like, oh, she's had a bad day. But today you're like all totally put together. And here I am like crotch and pit sweating and wearing a bra. You can tell I've had a bad day. You've had a good day. It's really nice of you to not tell me that. (laughs) You're not like, oh, girl, you look rough. You're looking rough today. Like, yeah, I am. I am. I'm glad I, I think I, um, I'm glad that I don't look it, but I feel it inside. I actually was thinking I'm going to bed directly after this podcast finishes because I'm so tired, you but I did do my it. hair today. Yeah. I am. I'm worn out. Yeah. So, yeah, but your hair defies the I, odds. <laughs> yep. Appearances do deceive. They do deceive. You know, why? And that's the point of today's episode, right? Totally. We wanted to talk about, and, uh, you know, perfection, I think, is something that plagues women more, which is why we have a female audience. Um, Not that there aren't some lovely men that are also listening to us, but um, perfection is something that I think plagues women over and over our entire lives. I mean, would you say that that's something you've been chasing? Right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Until me, I, me as well. I mean, I stopped. Why can't we ever catch it? Like, honestly <laughs> though, Sarah, no, no, no. I stopped at some point. I don't know. I say the word perfect all the time. It's- and I want to talk about that, but I stopped chasing perfect a long yeah. time ago. But in all my younger years, in like my first three or four decades of life, because now I'm old, apparently, I can talk in decades. Mm -hmm. um, It was about getting Mm -hmm. perfect scores, having the perfect race, having the perfect body. That was a big one. Having perfect skin, having perfect hair, being in the perfect relationship. You know, it was all about 
yeah. the word perfect. And so I don't know, I thought maybe we could start by talking about like, how do you define perfect? Like, why is that the standard we chase? What is perfect? You know, I don't, I, it's funny because I was looking at your notes and I was like, oh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I can define perfect, but I can, I, it's like an actual internal feeling. Uh, I know what perfection or the pursuit of perfection feels like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, it feels like the funny thing is, is okay. Let's say, you know, when you had a perfect swim time or whatever, or whatever it is, the funny thing is, is that once you hit perfect or what you feel like is perfect, it's like gone, right? It never stays. You have to maintain perfect, like, oh, rock solid abs. And I didn't, you know, I haven't eaten, you know, carbs for a year. Well, you, it, it doesn't, perfect doesn't, you can't grab it, right? You can't, you can't make it stay, right? Yes. And that's what makes it really depressing. Yeah. It's, it's something you, you think you want to attain. And often it's by looking at what other people are doing and you're like, that's it. Yeah. I want to get that. Cause that would make my life perfect. But well, once you get there, it's like winning the gold medal. You don't win a gold medal every day of your freaking life. No, no. Well, some people might like a lot, but not us. But, um, you know, I was thinking, okay, let's say in grade school, <laughs> Nicole just sniffed her on kids and then waved to them. Airing them out. And it's like, I don't know what's going on. I am so unperfect, imperfect. Is, is the good word. Okay. So talk about, tell but, me about grade school. Okay. So when you're in grade school, right. Or high school, whatever it is, you can get a perfect score on something. Right. So let's say it's math. Like there are actual, <laughs> I see you trying, you trying to sniff it still. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so like a perfect. <laughs> now she's trying to secretly sniff her armpit so that no one can they don't smell. They're just so sweaty. I Tell don't know them you need a fan. It's Colorado for God's sakes. What is it like 50 degrees there? No, I must be nervous talking about the word perfect. Is that what it is? Which is also perfectly timed to some it's probably period of time in my menstrual cycle. That's causing say, my, I think it's hormonal. My More menopause likely. hormones to kick in and yeah. yeah anyway, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was, what I was trying to say was there are certain things that you can be perfect at, right. That have very specific, like a, a yes or a no answer, a right or a wrong answer, you know, can either be perfect or not, but there are very few things in life outside of school and tests, you know, that, um, that really have like a perfection line of, I don't know, measurement, right? So yeah. it's like we're sort of pursuing this idea. It's an idea of perfection. Well, and I think we've all been told as younger kids, like that there's a certain kind of something you're supposed to attain, you know, that especially as girls, um, you're supposed to be perfect at, at things. And 
um, you know, your house is supposed to be perfect. You're, you're supposed to look, you know, perfectly put together. Um, and you know, Instagram makes it look like that actually happens. Doesn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's a lie. (laughs) It's It's a lie. lie. It's a curated version of our lives. The best moments, you know, you don't, you don't get a retake all the time, but it's just, it's interesting because I don't, I don't know that we ever really talk about it. Like I, do we talk about that? Perfect is sort of unattainable and not even, not even unattainable, but why, why are we, why are we chasing that? You know? I mean, I think the question to me, so I'm going to go back in time too and say, when I was growing up, the big mantra was practice makes perfect, right? Yeah. We learned that through sport. And so the idea was you keep practicing, you keep doing it until you don't even have to think about it. And then you'll have the perfect race or event or whatever. But here's what's really interesting is our kids are growing up in a generation and a time when they're learning phrases like, practice makes progress, not perfect. And I find that very empowering. However, when I mention those things to my husband, Tim, he's like, I don't know if she's going to be able to fulfill her potential if she's not striving for the utmost pinnacle of whatever it is she's seeking, which could be considered perfection, right? So, the question, like you said, why are we chasing this? Because we as humans, this is my take, are driven to push to reach our potential. And mm-hmm. if you don't try to be perfect in your approach or to set a goal that is so far out there that it feels like if you're not trying to aim for this perfection, you may never hit your potential in your life. You will be a slacker, pit and crotch sweating on the couch, eating (laughs) chips and, um, you know, binge watching whatever show is on Netflix and you're never going to hit it. So it's, it's that may be some people's version of perfection. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be clear. Probably not listening to our podcast. (laughs) Probably not. But I think it's a valid question. Like if you're not chasing perfection, will you really become the best version you can be of yourself in your life? What's the answer? Well, I think the best version of yourself is subject to um, interpretation, right? I mean, you know, it's interesting. Like what, what would, what is Wilder's, you know, um, what is her potential? Like, how do we define that? And how do we even know, you know, what, what that even possibly is. And I, I do, I like the idea of, of practice makes progress. It's, it's, in, you know, we, we actually just recorded an episode where we were talking to Amy of Momentum Jewelry and it's interesting because both you and Amy have had this idea of this business that you wanted to build. Right. So there's like so much ah, gusto behind that. Right. Like you have to have some big balls to be like, you know, I'm going to start this from the ground up and I'm going to go, I'm going to 
and it takes everything you have to build it, right? And so you guys both built your companies to very successful points, but then you also have exited from them. And neither of, nowhere in there was there perfection, though you were striving for things to be very good. You were striving for perfection, right? And then, it, but, but it's not so solid, right? Perfection isn't so solid. My, can you hear my dog barking? Totally. I thought it was like a squeaky. Yeah, it's kid. a small, he's like two and a half pounds. He's the size of a squirrel. So, but apparently he wants to go outside. There's, there's other squirrels outside to be played with. Hey, he's seeking perfection. I see him. Oh my God. <laughs> you see him back there? He's hilarious. Oh, there he went. Furry head. See like, ya. Ma, ma, I want to go climb those trees. Um, so, um, what were you talking about? So, so coming back to the point was, you, you know, you're right. There was, when you build a business from the ground up, there's a lot of passion that goes into it. And you're also right. Perfect. Isn't really what I was going after. I can't speak mm-hmm. to Amy, but I get a sense. She wasn't going after perfect either. We were going after the next awesome thing every step of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've, I've often wondered like one, one day Wilder came home and I said, perfect, which I always say a million times a day. I'm like, oh, perfect. She'll like write her name and I'll go perfect. And she'll go, mom, it's not perfect. The only thing that's perfect in this world is the word perfect. <laughs> and I was it. like, oh, Well, damn, you're smart. So, you know, what I'm really trying to say when I say that is like, awesome. Because, you know, I'm a child of the 80s. So I say awesome (laughs) a lot, right? Or great or done or let's move on, you know, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But it's not really perfect that I'm trying to instill. And so it made me think when we were going to talk about this that, Maybe the time is now to reframe the word perfect in our vocabulary to something else. Such as? Great, awesome, time to move on. I don't know. What's your, what's your take on that? I don't know. I think I would have a heart. I mean, it's a good, that's a good point. I don't know. I use it often. I say it like all the time. I would admit it. I mean, can we still, I think it would be less damaging to say perfect and not have to strive to be perfect than actually, um, you know, I think we could give ourselves permission to use perfect in the way that we've been using to simply describe little things throughout a day, but not really mean it as if we're chasing perfection. So I think you're right. We can give ourselves permission to do that. Yeah. Right. When I say perfect, it's not actually nothing. It's not perfect. It just means like, great. That Yes, that's it. Someone will say, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And then I say perfect. And that's it. But that doesn't actually mean it was perfect. Okay. So now we got on on to like a very minutia, you know, driven track here, which is totally cool because this is part of the process to explaining why we think perfect is a lie. Okay. That was weird. Um, Definitely this Wi-Fi is not perfect at all. Right. So mad. Is this, 
is this showing that we are not uh-huh. perfect? This yes. was intentional. It's showing that our topic is really important tonight. You know, I have no idea even where we left off um, after our little Wi-Fi glitch, but I, years ago, I was watching the progression of like marketing in the world of, you know, women's athletics and, and skirt Mm -hmm. as it, as it pertained to the skirt sports lens. And I realized that what more people gravitated to were the images and the promotional, you know, stuff that we put out there of women being imperfect. Mm -hmm. It was the funny things when they would like fall or when they would do a try to jump for the camera and knock somebody in the head. And I mean, it was like, wait, that happens. You don't get that shot on the first try. Uh, so I was thinking it would be really cool to have a campaign that was called imperfect is the new perfect. Mm. And I kind of got shot down by my team at the time. <laughs> I was ahead of the time. I was ahead of my time. Um, but the concept still continued. And I think it continues to this day that we actually relate and appreciate when other people share their vulnerability and like, if you could say faults yes, and they're open with us about how real their life is and not trying to put on that fake Instagram air of perfection. Yes, I would agree. Um, I think that is where a lot of connection comes in when you share your, your, your vulnerabilities. I would say you're a lot better at that than I am. I'm, I'm more, I'm still very uncomfortable with, um, kind of not being perfect (laughs) just to be, to be on. I just, I'm not very, I don't like to share not, not broadly. I'm not good with that. Um, in, in any way, but I think, um, I think you're right. I think people, um, enjoy seeing kind of like behind the scenes, right. You get to see a little bit of that. And I wonder too, if there's not a bit of a generational kind of, um, piece to this. Like I was thinking about as we were having technical difficulties that, when we're, you know, when you're younger, you're in school and there's, there's a, a measure, there's a stick, a clear measurement, right? A definition of what success or perfection looks like. You can measure yourself against that, right? So if you have a test or you have something that you can get a hundred percent on, which is perfect, you know, um, versus something that takes interpretation. And I think growing up, we had some very clear sticks of measurement that we were expected to be measured against, right? Especially as women grow up and be pretty and be kind and be sweet and smell good, which you're failing at miserably um, in this episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Get married, have two kids, go to church, um, have a house, you know, um, do this and then you'll be you'll be happy, right? Happy. I think happiness was implied within that. Um, You'll be happy. You'll be successful and others will like it, right? That was sort of like, no one said that, 
but there was a, a clear stick of measurement that we were expected to perform to, um, to sort of be perfect. I mean, entire, the entire home decoration industry is dedicated to perfection, right? All those magazines that you look at and you're like, oh my God, how does my house get to look like that? And you try and you try and you fail miserably every time. At least that happens for me. But I think our kids, like I look at, um, um, like Myrna, Myrna Valerio is now, you know, she is, um, used to be with skirt and is now with Lulu lemon. And they, um, I mean, she's not, she's not, she doesn't fit the typical body style of what we would consider as perfection yet. She has just reached like what I would consider a pinnacle of, of a platform, um, to, to share her message. I think the world is a little bit better for our children and the next generation at an embracing imperfection and under and realizing that there's not one way to live your life. Like you can be gay, straight, bi, trans. I mean, those are all options now that weren't necessarily options before, you know, you could, you were supposed to have your two kids and you couldn't talk about the problems or maybe you had four kids, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Like there were expectations for women. Um, and we weren't expected, we weren't allowed to talk about what wasn't um, going right. There has to be a, a um, I think that's, that's what I really wanted to chat about in this episode is like, um, that's not, it's not real. Like, it's not real. Perfect doesn't actually exist. You right? nailed it. You, here's what... <laughs> Here's what I heard. We create standards for perfection. They are made up things. Somebody makes it up. Other people go, that looks cool. I'll go along with that. Now they have become a standard. They are created out of thin air. Somebody dreamed them up for all the things that we want to apply this concept of perfection to. Mm-hmm. And they can have very negative impacts on our lives if we buy into them. And so I, I was thinking too, like it triggered that in college, I wrote this paper on female athletes, which I know I've talked about before. And I was very curious about how body image um, related to the standards that society set forth for beauty. And yeah. what, what I found through my, you know, funny little dabbling research as a 21-year-old, you know, college senior was mm-hmm. that women athletes are generally pretty strong in our body image, but as it, it depending on the sport, if you were in a sport where you were literally judged like gymnastics, yes, figure skating, skating. yeah, yep. um, diving, and you were wearing something that barely covered your body, your body image was in the tank. You could have a body that other people would point to and think it was amazing, but you, you, these athletes struggled more than anybody. Wow. Um, and it's because there is a standard that is set for them. 
And in this case, there's a standard of what it takes to be an athlete, which is strong and have muscles and be aggressive and, you know, all the things that you need to be to win. And it was definitely not the same standard as the, the societal beauty image. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I found that really interesting and it does just back up again, this idea that the standard of perfection is completely made up by somebody often a white old man, right? (laughs) So (laughs) let's get over it. Down with the patriarchy. Yeah. I mean, think about it, Sarah. I don't know if your mom said this, but my mom always told me I was perfect just the way I was. Mm, Yes. And I say that to my daughter all the time, Yeah, even though she tells me the only thing that's perfect is the word perfect. But like, (laughs) you know, I think that concept is amazing. I agree. Why why do we ever gravitate away from it? Well, I don't think there was any other way. Honestly, I don't know that there was another way to be. And I do want to point out, it's not just like the old white guys that are causing the problems. I think women, I think we also reinforce standards of perfection. Um, and, And if those are the things we're striving for, then we're expecting others to do that as well. And if they're not... If they're not, well, then what the hell are we doing, right? It's like it's like kind of reinforcing it back and forth with each other. But I think, um, and I I don't mean to keep kicking it down to the next generation, but I think there aren't there's so many more mediums of um, of media, if you will that are available that showcase so many other ways of being, of living, of doing all this, that you actually, there isn't even a standard of perfection. You're actually almost allowed to create your own standard of, you know, what, what you want to be, um, which is wonderful. But as the generation that we grew up in, that wasn't really necessarily um, the case, you know, and then I think there, there comes something too with, you know, as you try to attain a certain standard of, of something it, and if you're getting there, it allows you a sense of control over life, right? You're like, Oh shit, I'm successful at this, or I'm, I'm getting this. I can control this. I'm almost perfect. Well, now I don't feel so lost or scared or, you know, um, that kind of a thing. I think there's a piece to that as well. It allows us to control our own destiny a little bit more by being a little bit closer to perfect, to reaching our potential, to doing whatever that is. Um, There's something that comes with that as well. I think it's also that we put labels on ourselves. So I don't know in your life, have you ever considered yourself a perfectionist at any certain time in your life? Is that something that you identify with? (laughs) (laughs) That's a really, that's a funny question. Um, Yes. A hundred percent. Like I would consider myself a perfectionist in many ways, you know, of wanting everything to be, I want it to be a certain way right? How do I get it? Like my paper must be perfect. My, you know, the website I just built must be perfect. The business must run perfectly. I must look perfect. Like a hundred percent. That shit plagues me all day. 
every day. You know, and I think I, there is was a point where I think I also identified as perfectionist. <laughs> oh, can you recover from it? Yes. Like <laughs> so what I think it's, I don't know when I released it, but I did. And, um, now I am often considered the person who doesn't quite finish the project all the way. Like Tim will come in and be like, wait, you unloaded the dishwasher except for two dishes and a fork. Like what the hell? You know, it's like, I just, sometimes I get really close and I go good enough and I move on. And, um, and I'm not sure, you know, how that makes me (laughs) feel either way, but like, you can, I think, recover from this need to be perfect. I'm not sure what the answer is, you know, except for maybe life experiences. Right. I I think you're right because there's, um, I've hit a point in my life where I, I've started to realize, um, like something has to change, you know, or that I can see the amount of undue stress that it causes me to want to be something right. Like to, okay, well it's not quite good enough. So I have to get it here, but what does that next step of getting it to perfect cost at the end of the day? Is it really worth it? You know? And, and I think you're right. There's um, an amount of experience that comes with that. Um, and maybe perspective. Yeah. You know, when we have big, when we have big losses in our life, people, jobs, you know, um, relationships, whatever that I think you gain a little perspective with each. I know when Wilder was born, that Mm -hmm. was a big game changer for me. You know, prior, I will give an example. Prior to Wilder being born, I was still doing two workouts a day, which was down from the three or four I did as a pro athlete. But even as a normal working person, I felt like if I didn't do two workouts a day, I wasn't productive. And that's what normal people should do is at least two workouts a day. (laughs) And even like the day before I had Wilder, I probably went for like a short walk and a short swim. but the day she was born. Yeah. I can count on one hand in nine years, the times I've done more than one workout in a day. Um, and so it's perspective, like that wasn't that important in the end. Other more important things were happening that take up brain space that don't allow you to maybe pursue some of the things that you thought you needed to have in your life to make it just right. I love that you said, um, like that, what normal people do is work out twice a day. Like that's never, (laughs) it's so funny. Those are the things we tell ourselves, right? Well, like normal people would do blah, blah, blah. Well, would they like, how do we even know? I, I don't, that's never, I don't think that I don't think normal people. I think unnormal people are working out twice a day. I mean, it I think lovely. And then, then you finally gain the perspective that you were the weirdo all along. Right. Right. <laughs> we're putting the, <laughs> these standards. And I don't know if they come from family 
you know, I think it's a little bit of everything, right? Partly it's where you, you, your family unit as you grew up really can affect who you are or what the expectation is, you know, at the end of the the day. I, I grew up in a family that where everyone farmed, like you, nobody ever, nobody ever stopped working. It was, you didn't work or you didn't stop working because well, there were crops to be mowed and, you know, planted and cows and stuff. Can I just tell you, Sarah, you're still farming. Okay. Cause the point is that if you weren't doing something, you weren't productive and this is you right yes. now, you are farming that, but that, you know, that's the thing is, is, you know, I think it's important as adults that we start to untangle. So my therapists always say to me, let's untangle the, uh, this problem, this story that you've told yourself and like back it out. Right. So how, I love this. Like who the hell told you that you had to do two to four workouts a day. Right. And that was normal. Who told me that, you know, you have to work 12 to 15 hour days a, a day, or you're not good enough. You're not responsible enough. You're not whatever that is. Like, um, where did that come from? I think it's key that we take some time to untangle that little story that's in our head. You well, know, I think you said it earlier. Here's the underlying, the underlying driver. If you're perfect, you'll be happy. Right. For real. Yeah. And that's, that's the lie. So there's many lies. Perfect is a made up thing. Somebody made up for whatever you're describing. If you are perfect, you'll be happy. Okay. That's not true. Oh God, I feel like we just uncovered like <laughs> We're everyone else. If you're listening, you're like, oh God, what are these girls even saying? I'm like, oh my God, there's light shining on, on us. And Seriously. <laughs> no, we now can take clients because we're now oh. official therapists. For real. Done. <laughs> Sign, put your name in the comments. We'll reach out to you for your 30 minutes. Um, no, no, but it's so true. Perfection does not bring happiness. And in fact, perfection is not here. It's not anything that is here to stay. You, you have to work at perfection and you have to decide. I think it's because when you work at perfection, what's the trade-off? You know, what, what else are you missing um, in the well, pursuit of perfection? And the, and the other point is that in those rare moments in life when we actually can hit perfection based on a measurable standard, it's gone immediately. Exactly. You have to find it again. Yeah. And it's, yes. it's not, it's elusive. And it, so yeah. it, it actually is the opposite of happy. Bastard. Yeah. It's, it's momentary happiness that is immediately gone and turns to depression a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think it's important. Um, I don't think we're taught as, as, um, a society, as women to share the parts that are imperfect, but, you know, I mean, as, as you and I got, have gotten to know each other and you've shared your vulnerabilities, like no one is, we all have the imperfections, but it's so hard to find the language or the audience 
um, to share it, you know, to say it. Um, Cause sometimes there aren't actually words for it, but I think, you know, as, as we look at what appears to be perfect in other people's lives, it, it, it's not like, it's just literally, it's not. And I think maybe we want to believe that, that it is because it helps say, okay, well, Oh, look at that. I know I do that. I'm like, Oh God, look at that. Look at that family. They're so happy. <laughs> like You never know what happened right before the picture. Like probably the little kid was kicking the mom and, you know, they're all yelling at each other and then it's like smile and everybody looks amazing or, you know, it's all, um, it's not, it's not real. Um, but it is also at the same time. Does that make, does that make sense? Like, yeah, it, it is. And it goes back to the whole concept of imperfect is the new perfect. Like show the before, during, and after show the crap that was happening, show the perfect moment and then show the aftermath because that's the process, you know, that to me, that to me makes, that makes me want to embrace anybody with sweaty pits and sweaty crotches. (laughs) And, you know, the point of not sharing is like, it often feels like TMI, And this is another social construct we can have a whole nother podcast about is like, you know, what's socially acceptable to talk about and whatnot and what isn't. But when you do finally crack it open, whatever it is in your life that you've been like trying to hide from people because it would show them that you're not perfect, you are met 99% of the time with open arms and a whole new community of people who want to take you in. That's true. Yeah, that's so true, Nicole. I'm on my soapbox today. You are. I got some passion. <laughs> I love it. This is the best. I love it. But it's so true. It's I think I think you're right. And and I think that's what both of our communities um that are now actually one community have been built on is is sharing um uh sharing imperfections, sharing struggles, sharing you know, that, that things aren't always, aren't always going right. And then getting, you know, support, um, because of that. Well, you know, you said another thing earlier, I keep throwing your shit back at you. You said, here's the other thought. If you're perfect, you'll be successful. Well, success is another lie. So we can have another podcast about that because it's the same thing. You're making up what this finish line success thing is. And most of the time, that's not the way your path goes. And I just went through a whole rocky road like that. And at the end of the day, I finally realized it's about reframing. Mm -hmm. You know, you just need to reframe it. You reframe what you thought success was. For me, success turned out being creating a community of women that lift each other up, support each other, and with a product that makes them feel great about themselves. You know, that was success for me, you know, and I feel like we could probably do the same with the word perfect and perfection. We could reframe it. And maybe the reframe is you're going for your greatest potential. It's kind of vague, something like that. What do you think? I, I think, 
It's not, I think reframing perfection is you creating a measuring stick that matters to you. That's what it is, right? Like, hey, go for perfection, but if you want, but what is your measuring stick? I think that's that's what it is. Like, as long as you're striving to be the best that you can be for something that you want, for something that matters to you, not what other people expect or what you think, you know, should be. Um, then I think, I think that's, that's great. That that's the perfection, you know, to, to measure up against is your own standards of, of success. Oh, Nailed it. We're done. That was it. Oh, no takeaways. <laughs> We should do some takeaways. I mean, honestly, like the whole episode was a takeaway. Oh, wait, what did we say? I mean, we fumbled in the middle. It was like tough and we came back and then we had the hallelujah moments and oh my God, my pits have stopped sweating. I'm not sweating anymore. It's amazing. (laughs) And then, so is your standard of perfection not sweating? Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) That I cannot um, control. I do think that if you're going to create your own measuring stick, you need to be able to control the factors that, you know, lead, lead to, I guess I'm hesitant to you to any word now lead to like success. (laughs) You can say perfect. You can say it. Perfection. It's not a a dirty word. He, I do want to ask you though. This yeah. is not necessarily a takeaway, but just a question. Do you use deodorant? Oh, I totally I'm not use deodorant. Athlete. Yes. I'm not okay. like a total so, Colorado, like crunchy granola hippie chick who doesn't use deodorant. I mean, there's not a lot of people in, in Boulder. So, you, I mean, it's not a bad thing. We have a lot of those people in Lawrence, Kansas too. So, um, patchouli, listen, patchouli covers up everything. So, but I was going to say, um, do you, have you ever used a normal, a normal, um, a, uh, natural deodorant? I have do used you- some, and sometimes the minute I put it on, I start to smell. So it's like the anti deodorant, oh. like some of them are horrible, but, um, but well, yeah. some of them you have to detoxify. So I found one that I like that actually makes you sweat less. So partly your glands get like blocked, um, because of all the chemicals and stuff that are in. So like what happened again, not a takeaway for those of you listening till the end, this is a special gem just for you, (laughs) but I, any, any deodorant I used, it wasn't working. And it was like, I was progressively smelling worse. And I was, I was so, I didn't know what to do. And I had used a natural deodorant before. Um, and so then I found a new one. And they said, like, they actually gave you all these instructions. They're like, hey, if you have, you know, breakouts or whatever, it's, it's or it smells a little bit more at the beginning, um, you just have to give it some time. It's all the chemicals leaving your body. And so now I actually sweat less and I never, I don't smell. It's amazing. Well, what kind do you use? Should well, we get them to sponsor this episode? We should. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I'll have to send you. Everyone's going to be like, you better tell us what the hell it is. Um, Uh, What is it? It's a company I have to order from online, but I I love it. I will send send you the name of it. 
Awesome. I know that's not. That was quite a gem and there was no great reward at the end, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, it's primarily pure and they have a lemongrass. That's what it is. Ooh, that sounds good. All right, cool. Okay. So takeaways. Takeaways. Perfect. I think it's key that we note again with monk singing behind us and light shining that perfection does not equal happiness. And if that is what that we should be very aware of that um, and that perfection is fleeting. And since I'm on a roll, you have to have a, a measuring stick upon which to measure against for perfection. So just make sure that the measuring stick that you're measuring against is yours and not someone else's. And now I'm done. What are your takeaways? I mean, I can add a couple more because this was so good. Um, if you are perfect, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be successful. Mm-hmm. If you are perfect, it doesn't necessarily mean others will like you. So those yeah. are all, in addition to the happiness one, those are all, you know, fake they're a lie. They're not real. They're not guaranteed. And the final thing I wrote down, we didn't say, but I was feeling it. When we release the concept of perfection, we become free. Do you like it? Amen. I love that. I'm going to write that down because we're going to put that on Instagram. And guess what, Sarah? You are good. You are good at sharing. Okay. You just told us about your pits and your progressive stinkiness. And now you're better. Um, When we release the concept of perfection, we become free. I love it. So I am interested if you are still listening and made it past the pitiful conversation. Um, I want to know what your thoughts are on this or have you had challenges or struggles um, chasing perfection, um, trying to be perfect? Are you still a perfectionist like myself? Um, What are your thoughts? I want to hear more about them, read about them, share away. And I would also love to know if you say the word perfect as much as I do and Sarah apparently does as well. (laughs) I do um, also, all the time. for it's all of fun word, it's such a fun word for all of our amazing podcast listeners. We do have a discount that can be applied to both skirt sports and momentum jewelry. It's pod 15 for 15% off both brands, which are now in the same family. Woo-hoo. Yes. You know, we should make a momentum jewelry bracelet that says perfect is a lie. I, love I think that. we just, whatever we need our podcast. I'm just, we're just going to make bracelets for them now. So you know what, in the comments, let us know what podcast slash bracelet you would like us to make as well. <laughs> Let's do that. Why not? So, all right, Thank Nicole, you, Sarah, well, thanks we should for let our listeners go for, yeah. I've got to get, I got to get downstairs and make a perfect dinner. Oh, send a picture. Uh, could you Instagram that? We'll see. We'll heart it on Instagram. <laughs> Post away. It'll make everybody depressed. Yes, All right. Over now. Love you. Thanks for listening. Mwah. We'll see you later.